Welcome everybody, I'm Avery here to give you some announcements. On Saturday we're going to be having a ple- <laughs> On this Saturday we're going to have a pet blessing from 10 to 12 and if you can bring any pet you have like a dog or a cat, maybe you have a rabbit, I don't know, uh, just bring them and my granddad or a couple other people will pray for it. Next door, we're going to be having a One More Youth on October 6th at 6.30 p.m. It's for junior high and high school. Yes. So, um, I probably won't be there, but I other people will. were. He okay. will. Next, we're going to be having a woman's Bible study that's in real life on October 11th, 6.30 p.m. It's called How Much More, and you can sign up on the app. We do that. Yeah. Yeah. Uncle Doug will be there. And also download the app before you sign up if you're a woman. Hey, hey guys, she's taking my job. Good morning, Vineyard Virtual Family. So glad that you're with us. We're going to have a great time. Worship has been awesome. And uh, I'll be in part two of our series, Are You Talking to Me? And I think you'll enjoy that. We'll be in uh, John chapter one. If you want to get your Bibles ready, here we go. Good morning. Hey, hon. How you doing? I'm pretty good. How are you? I'm good. I'm awake now. That's good. At the last service, she was roasting me a little bit. I wasn't roasting you. I was just Im- implying that it was my fault that we woke up late, which it was. You it were was. the one who turned off the alarm twice. But, but we did say it from the microphone, which is always hilarious. Well, why is snooze on your alarm even a thing? Like, doesn't that defeat the point of the alarm? Like, if you wanted to sleep past your original set point, just set your alarm later. And not... That'll preach. <laughs> Thanks, Rick. I've got some support back there. That'll preach. Amen. Anyways, I hope you're enjoying your coffee. Yay! <laughs> did you have some coffee? I did. I had a cup of the Havana Roast in the back. That is on point. Freshly grabbed. Kudos to the coffee team, the real MVPs of ministry. (laughs) I'm going to tell you guys what we'll be attempting to do. I'm just going to, like, not respond to that. you got to give props where it's due. It's important. We're going to start things off with communion. Chaplain Doug is going to lead us through that in just a moment. After communion, we'll have our time of worship. We've really been enjoying worship yesterday night and this morning at 8, so we're looking forward to doing it with you guys with our 9.30 flair. Yay! See, I didn't call them spice, but I still stand that they're spicy. Well, yeah. That's, oh, oh, no. <laughs> they have 9.30 flavor. Okay. Yeah, you can buy that at your nearest Walmart. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty far away. Don't, it, well, Anyways, that, that was after worship, Pastor Gino will come up, teach the kids a Bible verse, we'll dismiss them to Sunday school, then we'll have our time in the Word with Pastor Steve on our second part of this new series. Before we start any of that, let's pray. Come, Holy Spirit. Settle on us. We love your presence. what we long for. We're so thankful for all that you're doing in us, in our lives. And God, we invite your presence deeper. We want to know you more. 
We join with all the churches around the world where your gospel is preached with this collect. Lord God, we pray that your grace may always uphold and encourage us and help us to live for you by doing the next right thing. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. On the night he was betrayed, Jesus took bread and he broke it, saying, This is my body, take and eat in remembrance of me. In the same manner he took the cup. It was the last night of the Passover celebration. The cups of plagues and sanctification had already been poured and celebrated. Jesus takes the third cup, which is the cup of redemption. He said, This is my blood poured out for you. Drink this in remembrance of me. Gathered with his friends that evening, Jesus gives us the lasting ordinance or remembrance, which we call communion, or the Lord's table, or the Lord's supper. He said, from now on, when you get together and partake of this meal, I want you to remember me. And as his friends gathered here today, we too can partake of this meal. The bread and the cup, the body and the blood of the Lord. And we want to remember and give thanks. We want to remember all that Jesus has said and done and promised to do. We want to remember his willingness to go to the cross on our behalf. We want to remember how he defeated death and rose again. And we want to remember with awe and thanksgiving that he's coming back for us soon. So here on the table are the elements of communion, the bread, the cup, the body and the blood of the Lord. The table is open to all who believe. So as we worship this morning and you feel led by the Spirit, please come, partake, remember, and give thanks. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Chaplain Doug. We're going to enter into our time of worship now together. And, you know, we're always so encouraged when we're up here and we're all singing these songs together. It's all of us lifting these songs together to our Lord. That's what we do right now. So I would encourage us all to sing out and to participate in this time. If you're joining us online, please join in with us, too. We'll see the words pop up all over the place. You guys are welcome to sit, but stand if you're able. The battle belongs to him.
Yes, guys. Well, at that moment, Adam and, and Eve sinned. And to sin is to disobey God, right? Yeah. And everything changed afterwards. Everything, like Cole said, was bad, right? And life was hard. But God promised to send someone from Eve's family to take care of that serpent. Do you guys know who that was? The boy. Jesus. That's right. Good job. Yes, the boy Jesus. Yes. I see what you're saying, Cole. Good job. Yes, so it was Jesus, right? And God at the right time sent Jesus. And our Bible verse is from Romans 5, 8. that tells us that God shows his love for us, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Isn't that amazing? Yeah, I know. I love that. Okay, you guys ready to say it with me? We're all going to say it together nice and loudly, okay? Ready? Okay. Romans 5, 8. But God, but God shows his love, shows his love for, us for us in that, in that while, we while we were still sinners, still sinners Christ, died for us. Christ died for us. Excellent job. So good. Children are getting stickers because God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Hi. There you go. It's okay, Cole. Pastor Steve Cole was saying hi to you, just so you know. Cole was saying hi to you. Oh, I said hi. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't see that. Okay. All right. Okay, guys. So now we're going to pray and then we get to go to our classrooms. Okay? You guys ready? Okay. Let's bow our heads and pray. Okay. What's... Father in heaven, we are so grateful, Lord God, for the amazing love that you have for us, Lord God. I thank you, Lord, that you let nothing stand in the way of us being with you, God. We thank you that you sent Jesus to die for our sins, Lord God, so that we could be with you forever. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Awesome. All right. Have fun. Have fun. Uh oh. Clean up on aisle one. Clean up on aisle one. That's how they all feel when they have to leave. Ah, welcome to the vineyard. So glad to have you with us today. Welcome to those of you joining us online. If you are a first-time guest, uh, here, the little QR code that just popped up on the screen, that's for you. And if you would point your smart device at that with the camera on, don't take a picture, just turn it on and boom, and it will have a little link that pops up, and that's our digital connect card. And if you're willing, you would fill that out for us with your name your phone number, and your email address. And over the next four, five, six weeks, you will get some texts and emails from us. Some of them are self-generated. So if you wonder, why do they keep texting me? But others we're following up on. And so it's a nice balance and mix, all right? And uh, if you would do that for us, uh, also on the way out, back in guest services, there's a first-time gift, a uh, little gift for you. If you haven't gotten that, you may want to get that, see them 
afterwards, that would be awesome. Also, um, I've been mentioning these, so we're, we're, we're praying for our community, and I, I really want to put feet to it. And so um, I'd like you to be praying physically, actually, if you can. Uh, you can do it on Google if you need to, but for the houses right around you. And we have these little magnets made, and that uh, after you pray for a, a house, you don't need to go up near the house or not, you know, all those things. All the instructions are on the app. Just leave it somewhere, and it just says we prayed for you. And there's... Um, more of these magnets on the table there. We went through our first thousand, which is really good. And now we're working on the second thousand. So take them with you. Pray for people. And with that in mind, I want to take a few seconds right now. And I want to pray for our neighborhoods and our communities. And so uh, just before I do, would you think about the people who live around you and the houses around you and your neighborhood? And let's just take all that to the Lord in prayer. Papa, we lift up our community to you, our neighborhood to you, our neighbors to you. Give us opportunities to love them well. We know that's, you know, your heart. And so we ask that that you would just uh, uh, find ways, God, and and, uh, let us see ways where we can be a blessing to folks around us that they might come to know you, that you would bring renewal, revival, and breakthrough to this area, and that hundreds and thousands of people would come to know you as their Lord and Savior. And God, we ask that you would move in a mighty, mighty way in Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. Very cool. We are in a series we just started called Are You Talk? Are You Talking to Me? Really is how you should say it. And uh, I was just looking for a title that you'd remember to a series. It's really based on a scripture out of John 6. Uh, and we looked at it last week where... Um, Jesus has said some hard things and people are leaving and he looks at the disciples and says, you guys going to leave too? And Peter says, where we go, you have the words of eternal life. And remember that idea of eternal life. Don't just think about that as somewhere off in the future. It, what, what it means is the power of life, that, that Jesus brings this eternal life with him when he comes the first time and with it he defeats the power of death and and jesus has the words of this power of life eternal life and so we need to remember those and um we're gonna we're gonna sort of look at that we're 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 holding on to the last series where we talked about being people of hope and we're 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 looking at in this series, then how do we live as people of hope in a, in a very difficult world with all kinds of issues and problems? What does that look like for us? And, and then, you know, I sort of raised the question at the end of last week. Um, so how can we be like Jesus to the Thomases of the world? And that's really a big deal. And, and I hope you went and read, you know, in, in Revelation uh, 21 where that happens. Uh, because really, those last two chapters of John, that's new creation stuff. And it gives us a good idea at looking at it. And Jesus just said, here I am, Thomas, what can I do? I, whatever, whatever you need so that you can come and we can be in relationship. And that, that needs to be our heart. So we're digging into that together. I'm going to be in John 1 today. Uh, got a great little question that's risen there that I, I love to talk about. But before that, let's do the bad jokes. I guess these were quite bad according to the last two groups, but maybe you're a more thoughtful group. Here in, in America, uh, you know, we, we, it's called an elevator, right? But in, in the United Kingdom, Alice and I watch a lot of these British shows, it's called a lift. Why? I guess we're just raised differently. This, this is from Pastor Billy. What do you call a flock of sheep sliding down a slope? Lamb slide. 
I have a friend who is going for his 30th job interview at yet another local restaurant. He can't wait. (laughs) Alice, my love, please come. Maybe he's a cook. (laughs) All righty then. What? I said all righty then. All righty then. It's, it's a hard segue. Good morning. Welcome. It's good to see you all. You know, as we were worshiping this morning, I was reminded of a story that Dr. N.T. Wright, he's a famous theologian, and he said, someone asked him once, and you've probably heard me say this, are you filled with the Spirit? And he says, yes, but I leak. And that's why we come, and we get filled back up, because we leak. So I pray that you got, you got filled this morning. And with that, let's press into Papa, shall we? Thank you, Lord. Mm, Daddy, you're so good to us. Yes, Lord, the, the battle belongs to you. And so, Lord, we put our past and we put our present, we put our future in your hands because the battle belongs to you. Father, and in, at the end of the day, all we really have to give you is our heart and our hallelujah. In Jesus' name, amen. Will you stand with me, please, for the reading of the word? The text is out of the Gospel of John, and this is the first chapter. And the John in this particular, these particular verses are John, is John the Baptist. So that will make more sense to you as I read it. John chapter 1, 35 through 38. The next day, John was there again with two of his disciples. When he saw Jesus passing by, he said, look, the Lamb of God. When the two disciples heard him say this, they followed Jesus. And turning around, Jesus saw them following and asked, what do you want? They said, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? Blessed be the word of the Lord. You can be seated. You know, we we have you stand during the reading of the word, and it's to honor the word. But I want you to connect with two. It's it's, and as we talk more today, you'll maybe even get any more. It it connects us with the word where we're we're living out His word in our lives, and and so when we stand, you know, the the idea is it's like it's like we're inviting Jesus into the room. He's here already, but I want you to have that picture. And it's like when you stand, because what if if Jesus were walking in at that moment? Well, if you didn't fall down. It's honoring. And it, it, I, I want you to think of it. Well, why? It's, it's because now it prepares us to embrace all that he's doing and what's happening. And it's such a bigger part than just sort of a, oh, we stand up now. That now it's we're welcoming Jesus once again. It's, woo. How cool is he? Mm. <sighs> but that's another message. So as we're reading that little passage now, my my hope is that as you, you you're connecting with the bigger story that we talk about all the time, and and you know, um, so you're, this is the Apostle John is writing this under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, and in this he's talking now about John the Baptist. So don't confuse the two. And John the Baptist sees Jesus and says, basically, behold the Lamb of God. 
Now that's huge, and it ties in, should tie in for you, Exodus, uh, and all the things that happened at the Exodus, and how, because Jesus is our Exodus, remember the Exodus, the lamb was sacrificed, the perfect lamb, and the blood of the lamb was put on the doorpost, and because the, the blood of the lamb was on the doorpost, the angel of death passed over the firstborn of Israel, and now, you know, we're covered in the blood of Jesus, and we're passed over by the angel of death, because we're new creations, and we have the power of life in us, and all these cool things are happening. And so that when you read, you're not just going, oh, yeah, you look, the whole lamb of God. It's like, oh, ooh. He's, he's making some really cool stuff happen here. And so we get tied into the story. Well, John the Baptist says that, and a couple of his disciples hear him say that. And so they begin to follow after Jesus. And this, this whole thing that happens, I think, is just so cool uh, with what's going on. Because what Jesus does is he's going to ask him a question. The question Jesus is going to ask is, what do you want? But Jesus asks a lot of questions. And one of the things that I want to encourage you to do when you're reading the Bible is when Jesus asks a question. In the Gospels, there's like a hundred questions that he asks that will just sort of pop up on you. I want you to be engaged, stop what you're doing, and answer the question. And get used to it. That will invite you a little more into the story. Don't wait to see what Peter says or what Mary Magdalene says or what the Pharisees say or what the crowd says. You see a question, stop. And answer the question. Because they, 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 it's, are you talking to me? He is. That's all part of the deal. And, and so there's, there's a hundred questions, uh, you know, and I said to somebody that'll be, after we finish this series, I'm set up now for the next two years. <laughs> questions Jesus asked, part one. Part two. <laughs> but like, like think of us. So I, I just wrote down a few. Um, Jesus asked, who of you by worrying can add a single hour to his life? Matthew's great question. Matthew 9. I love this one. Do you believe that I am able to do this? How about, and this one, you've got to be careful with this kind of a loaded question because you could use it in a snarky way. Matthew 21. Did you never read the scriptures? <laughs> Are you talking to me? John 5. Do you want to get well? One of my favorite questions. See, these, these throughout, and, and I want to get, I want you to get used to in answering the question. See, it brings scripture alive, and that's such an important part of everything that we're doing. And so he starts with, what do you want? What a, what, in that little passage that we read, what a great question Jesus asked. What do you want? Now, you know, I like looking at this because I, I want you to see the setup. So if you're looking at John 1, remember the setup. So those first 18 verses, the prologue, and I like to think that when John was writing, he didn't start with the prologue. He wrote this whole book and said, how do I introduce this? And he sat down, and the, inspira- the whole, you know, inspiration of the Holy Spirit was, here's this amazing prologue where creation is tied in and all that that means, and the Exodus, and stuff of the Isaiah, and Psalms, and uh, into that amazing verse in 14 where he becomes, you know, flesh, and he dwells among us, the temple language is all there. All these things are happening, and he's the light, and he's coming into the world. All these things. John has set all this up. And all of that is right before this happens. And then Jesus, the, the one whom did all these things, the creator of all things, the, the, turns around and says to the two guys following him, what do you want? Because I think they choke in their answer. Because this is what they come up with. Uh, where are you staying?
Really? The, the creator of the universe pops in and says, what do you want? Uh, I don't know. Where, where, are, you, where are you staying? <laughs> the questions, though. When Jesus asks a question, and this is not just G- Jesus... New Testament, but God incarnate, God asks questions throughout the scriptures. So I don't think it, it happens in the Old Testament too. I want you to look for questions in there. But the questions are designed to make us think. It's not that God doesn't know. He does. It's, it's a, what do you think? Uh, and and I, I was thinking back, like all the way back into creation, Genesis 3.9. But the Lord God called to the man, where are you? God knew where Adam was. But God wants Adam to think about it. Because everything has changed now, right? The whole dynamic of everything has changed. And, and God says, and, and you know, Adam's, he's like, well, um, I was, I was naked and I, I guess I'd always been naked, but I never noticed till now. And I kind of ashamed, and so I went and hid in the bushes. But think about the dynamic of what's happening and What's taking place and, and what he needs to think about. And, you know, because you know the creation account, you know that, that, that what's happened is that Adam and Eve have just taken from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And, and in doing so, what they said is, God, we really don't need you. We want to do it by ourselves. See, that's the problem that, that you need to see is happening and that we continue to sort of let get in the way of our lives. That God's plan for us from the beginning. Remember, you know the whole story now, and I want to invite you into the entire narrative as we look at all of these things. Be engaged in the narrative, the story of what's happening. God created everything. He created a place because he wanted to dwell with us. That was the whole thing. God makes the world so he can dwell with us, a place where we can hang together. And and that's that original temple idea that happens. And then we're going to hang out together, and we're going to go and make the rest of the planet like Eden, and that's what we're going to do. And we're going to do it with him, and, and it's going to be glorious. But but we decide, well, we think we'll do it without you, God. You see it again when you read through the, you get to the Tower of Babel, and they, we don't need God, we're just going to build a tower to heaven. But but see, the, the, the point is that God has always wanted to have us involved in his story. It's the heart of God to engage with us in that. And, and it's a picture of everything has just changed and fallen. And God wants them to start to look, what is it? Where are you? Well, we've decided to go our own way. And all, now we realize it was a bad choice. But how, you know, how long does it take us to figure that out most of the time? And you, you move along. I love this question, too. And there's another question that happens in First Kings. There's lots of questions, but I just thought of this one. It's with Elijah. And... and uh, uh, there, uh, he went into a cave and he spent the night and the word of the Lord came to him. What are you doing here, Elijah? Why did you run to a cave? And if you go and read the story, it's such a great story. Elijah has just had this amazing victory over all the false prophets. I mean, he proved that God's in charge. It was like, woo, you ought to read the story. And then this evil queen walks up and said, eh, I'm going to have you killed by tomorrow. And, and all of a sudden, Elijah's like, he takes off running, 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 hides in a cave. And, and it's just the heart of God. Really, Elijah, what? What happens? We can, that you get, I mean, I'm not judging Elijah. How many times has God done something mighty and the next day I'm hiding under the bed? Don't answer the door or the phone <laughs> or anything else. 
But, but in that first little part of John there, what do you want? What does it look like? Where you stand. It's, it's, it's him who's asking these questions. And we sort of begin to put that in perspective. And so, if we're thinking about it, which is what I've encouraged you to do, as you're reading the script, you see a question, stop. So what is it? What do you want? Here's the creator of the universe, what do you want? And, and how do you respond? I mean, uh, I, I think we, we have this tendency, if, if we sort of rush it, is we think in a very sort of worldly response. With, uh, what will make my life work? What is it? Well, uh, winning the lotto. Some of you have thought about that. And, and unfortunately for most people, it doesn't make their lives better. It makes them worse. But, uh, and, you know, let me say, if you do win the lotto, cool. Remember to tithe. Here. You know, we, we, what, what would make my life work? And we think, well, you know, if, if maybe if there was just no problems or, you know, it, it, we're really sort of heady or world peace or, you know, whatever, whatever it might be, no fear. But, but see, we have this tendency, we're not careful to live in the if-thens. And there's no life there. Well, if this would happen, then. If I could only reach this point in my life, then everything's going to be okay. If I only had X, then, then all these things would go on. And see, life doesn't work that way. That's really not... How we find life. And, and, and so there has to be a change. I love what Paul says. He says, since then, you've been raised with Christ. So remember now what that means, right? You've given your life to Jesus, and, and you are now new creations. Set your heart on things above. And resist the temptation there to think, oh, he's above. That's, that's millions of miles away. That's later than. It's at the end of... Just, they didn't have the right wording for the, the idea that heaven and earth are... are connected in lots of ways, you know, it's just right now separated by some kind of thin veil that, that we get through every now and again. And we get through it at worship. We get through it at different times. We get through, right, in our prayers. Uh, and they didn't, but that's where we're to set our hearts, where, where Jesus is. If you need to think of above, it's, a, it's like the control room where Jesus is operating everything. Set your, set your hearts there, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on earthly things. Get your, get your thinking in, in this dynamic of being new creation people and it begins to change everything and, and it starts with how we might best answer that question because, you know, if, 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 even if all those things that you thought you needed happened, guess what? It's still, you're missing something. So the answer that we, that we grow into where we find life when Jesus asks the question, what do you want, is, Lord, I, I just want what you want. I want, I want you, because that's where life is. We're invited into his story, this amazing story where we connect with him, and, and that's where we're going to find the life that he created us for. And, and so, you know, Paul said in Romans 12, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed. 
by the renewing of your mind, and then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. See, our goal, our goal should be that we're, we're living life in such a way that it actually becomes spiritual worship to God. That, that we would use our minds, our hearts, our bodies as, as ways to demonstrate the worthiness of God, the, the worthship of who God is in our lives. And if we conform to the world around us, we'll never experience the full and abundant life that God has for us. And so the scripture says we need to be transformed. Now, this is not about living by a bunch of rules. See, this is one of the things I think, you, you know if you've been coming for any length of time, I am encouraging you week after week to read your Bibles. You've got to read your Bibles. And yet, I know it's a struggle for a lot of folks, and I often think why, and here's what I think has happened with it, is that we, we, we didn't have our story and our hope quite right. And so for, for many people, and many people still think this way, they think that, that what they need from the Bible is a, is a bunch of rules so they can get to heaven. And they read it that way. Well, the, I need, what are the rules for that? Because I want to go to heaven, sounds like a good deal. But see, that's not the extent of the story. And, and so it changes the way that you read the book. Because I've told you, yeah, there's, you know, it's not the end point. What happens, and we know from Revelation 21, that there's a point in time when New Jerusalem comes. Heaven and earth are reconnected. Earth is renewed. We get new physical bodies that go on forever and ever. And everything is back to the way it was at the beginning of the story. It's the heart of God to dwell with us here. Perfect here. That's the bigger story. And so when you read the scripture, it's not about, I need the rules to get there. It's about, in light of the fact that God is making everything right again, and he, because he loves me, has included me in this story, how do I engage in this story in the way that I find life now and forever? And, and, and you read the scripture then, and you begin to insert yourself into the story. And it changes the book, because you're not just looking for the rule. Ooh, that's a tough rule. Whoo. There's some stuff in there that's not easy, right? Well, let's skip that one. <laughs> he, he can't be serious about it. <laughs> no. <laughs> it's not about, see, this is never how. These are the rules you follow to get to heaven. It's about Jesus has done everything that needed to happen for us to be restored to him, and we're going to engage with him in this life now and forever, and we're going to walk out this adventure he's called us to because he wants to partner with us to make a difference now. And all of a sudden, it changes everything because I just want to live for him. I, it's, it's, it's so much better than a bunch of rules. It's, it's the life-giving narrative from God to us. This, it's completely trustworthy. It's, it's, it's so incredible. But you've you got to begin to read it like that. Too many people read it like a spectator. If you're a believer in Jesus, you are not a spectator. You're an active participant in the story. And, and you like, when, when you get that, it's, it will draw you in to read it. It's like, it's a, I did this with the last group. I did this thing. So here's, here's the thing. This is my instant access camera, right? That's a camera. Let's take a picture. I have just taken a picture of this side of the room. Do you know, if I were to go around with this picture and show you, how you would, you would determine if this was a good picture or not? 
how you looked in it. You wouldn't even look at anybody else in the picture, I promise. I'd show you, you'd look for you, you go, oh, that's okay. If you didn't think you looked very good, that's a terrible picture. You, you could look, I look good, the person next to me was picking his nose at the moment, I didn't even notice. Because it's not about me, it's just a, listen, I think if the Bible's like that, when you realize it's all about you, this is my story. Ooh, that's a song, right? This is my song, praising my Savior all the day long. No, okay, so. <laughs> you got to be made new in the attitude of your minds. It fits in with this whole thing. Do you know your mind has an attitude? Are you talking to me? Why? Listen, all these things, when you come to Jesus, are changed. The last thing that sort of engages is your mind. Because your mind's been so caught up in filtering the world for so long, it's how it works. It has to be transformed by putting yourself in the story. And everything begins to change when you do that. And so read the scripture like that. Read your Bibles. Read as part of the story. Scripture is our story. You're in it. When you read about Abraham and you read about Sarah and Moses and Deborah and Jeremiah and Ruth and Peter and Paul and Mary Magdalene, think about, put yourself into the stories with them. Cause, cause what they did, we do. See, that's all part of it. Peter denied and ran. So do we. Mary Magdalene had a sinful past, but ooh, a promising future. So do we. Peter was passionate and had a temp- temper. None of us have that. But Peter, he loves the Lord. And he ultimately gives his life for him. So will we. Mary Magdalene, she loved and never gave up. So should we. Jesus suffered and died, but rose again. So will we. So that's the narrative we're in. Read it like that. Embrace it like that. Enjoy it like that. It changes everything about you. And that the question when it's asked, what do you want? We can really say, oh God, I just want what you want. Because that's where life is. It's, it's an amazing story. You're in it. So read it like that. Okay. Amen. Alice, why don't you come up? Let's pray. Let's listen for the Lord. And... Whoo. Papa, you are so amazing. We, I don't even think we've grasped even, even a little of just how incredible you are. And I pray that, that it would just come alive to us how much you love us and how amazing you are, God. And God, that, that in this broken world, and in the midst of circumstances that can be so difficult, we would, we would just know that you're always with us and that you have us. And that you would just put an, an, an ember of joy inside each of us. Just this deep down in all those places where there's been anxiety or concern or fear or stress or anger or whatever. That, that there you would place just that ember of joy. And that, Holy Spirit, you would just come and breathe it into a fire. So we can live for you. Amen.
When Steve was asking those questions, I felt the Lord impress upon me two things. And one was when he asked, what do you want? Someone said, I just want peace in my life and in my heart. I'm going to pray that over you if you're online or you're here. But he also impressed upon me another thing. And there's a broken relationship with a son. And the Lord wants you to know that he's, re- he's going to restore it. But your part is you have to leave it with him. You have to give it to him. And so I'm just going to pray for you for peace. And, and I'm going to add my yes and amen to Steve's prayer for joy, Father, that you would just descend upon the people that you love and give them peace and joy and all the fruits of the Spirit. In Jesus' name. And then I have one more. And the Lord, I feel like the Lord's testing me because he gives me silly things to tell you. And so far we haven't got any emails, mad emails. <laughs> but anyway, um, this week, I, I like candy. It's a weakness. I, I do. I eat candy. I'm sorry. Not really. Anyway, the point is, <laughs> the point is he said to me that someone has a favorite candy and it's good and plenty. Not the licorice kind, the fruity kind. It's good and plenty. This is going to mean something to somebody. Good and plenty. You've been through a season of a lot of pain. There's been a lot of pain. The Lord wants you to know that out of pain comes plenty. And not just plenty, good and plenty. So if that's you, go buy some good and plenties and remember that God's with you. Amen. Charlie says, love my good and plenty. Now, why don't you know this song? How many of you actually knew that that was a jingle for something? How many of you are old enough to know that? Charlie says, really rings a bell. Wow, I am getting so old. But it's good. It all starts with Jesus, guys. This amazing story. Jesus, will you be my Lord and Savior? That's where it starts. Best decision you will ever make. That's the, the invitation is out to you. That's how you engage in his story. Jesus, will you be my Lord and Savior? Do it today. You'll, you'll thank me that you've done it. I promise you. Best thing you can do. Thanks again, church, for your amazing generosity and just for partnering with you is so cool. And we're so blessed. So thank you for all that you do, your tithes, your gifts, your offering. Bless you, bless you, bless you. Let's sing the doxology and we'll dismiss. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Amen. May the Lord bless and keep you. May His face shine upon you. May He be gracious to you and give you peace. Go today in the peace, the power, and the love of God. God bless you all. Thank you for being here. We'll see you soon. Please go out these doors. They'll be open for you. Have a great rest of the day. We'll see you next week, guys. Thanks for watching online. We love you guys. And uh, great question, right? What do you want? Next week we'll be in John 2. More cool stuff in there. But uh, have a great, great rest of the day. Our question for today is, what do you want for lunch? <laughs> yeah.
Yeah, there we're you go. always thinking about food. Yeah, yeah, yeah. almost immediately. Uh, <laughs> I, well, you know what I want? What? Good and plenty. Good and plenty is not the licorice. Uh, bye. <laughs> bye.